We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, what's going on? Welcome to Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. Just kidding. We had a little bit of audible. <laughs> we uh, obviously yesterday, Brian, we had a little bit of uh, you know Super Bowl fun, but so amidst the Super Bowl news, we did have some breaking news. Obviously, that offensive line coach Harry Heastand, who's one of the best in the business, that has been over the last X amount of years, has retired and is officially now out of the Notre Dame coaching staff, obviously, with that retirement. So we had to call a little bit of an audible, right? Yeah. Usually we do the Monday recruiting show. We're going to move flex that one till Friday, so we'll be able to end the week that way, which will, of course, move the Friday free-for-all mailbag up to Thursday because, of course, this is massive news for the Notre Dame sure. program. All Notre Dame fans want to talk about it, obviously. So I guess, Brian, a good way to kick it off here is just – how we got here a little bit, the latest with Harry Heastay retiring. I mean, this basically comes down to Tommy Reese leaving. And so just a, a little backstory. I got a call, Ryan. You remember I called you right afterwards. I got a call on Friday. Or I got a text on Friday from somebody that's connected to the program and said, hey, look, just to give you a heads up, you know, Tommy leaving is going to create a little bit of a, a ripple effect. And so and, and I said, uh, let me guess, like Harry's leaving. And he was like, yeah, because I just kind of had it in the back of my head. Like, that was my worst fear. Not that I knew it was going to happen. It was my worst fear. I had hoped that he would still want to stay and work with, you know, the best tackle tandem in the country and the kids that he recruited and all that stuff. And apparently that didn't matter enough to him to stay. And so uh, he basically came back to help Tommy get going. Once Tommy left, Harry had no desire to stay at Notre Dame and keep coaching. And so I was told Friday and then as I gathered more information over the weekend, basically he had told Marcus, I mean, there was a vibe from the beginning, the minute Tommy left, that that was a concern. And he told Marcus, I believe Wednesday, I believe is what I was told. He told Marcus on Wednesday that he was going to leave. They tried to convince him to stay and it wasn't happening. And so I think one of the questions that people have, Ryan, is, okay, well, you know, did the, was he part of the, the, the coordinator interviews and, you know, what's this going to mean for Andy Ludwig and all those kind of things. So I don't have a 100% fact on what was said, but I do know that Marcus Freeman knew that Harry wasn't coming back before the coordinator hires began. I would assume 
that any coordinator with his grain of salt is going to ask about Harry Heastan and work with Harry Heastan. I'm, I'm again, not a hundred percent certain that this happened, but I'm, I, I feel confident in saying that, that Marcus, that the, the offensive coordinators, including Andy Ludwig, were not unaware that this was probably going to happen. The reason it happened when it did honestly is because coach Heastan was already telling the players that what was going down and, and he wanted to like the players know before it got out. But then, the Notre Dame media knew and coaches knew that as soon as he starts selling players, you know what that means. The players are going to start telling other players and start telling media people. And then boom, it gets out. Notre Dame wanted to be ahead of it. And so that's why they released it when they did. It, I think, helped them a little bit. That was a little bit drowned out by the Super Bowl. But um, I knew that this was going to last beyond the Super Bowl. So we decided to call the audible and, and, and discuss it today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AGI a try because I wanted better gut health, sustained energy, immune support system, but I hate taking pills, and I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, which is helping me kick my sugar addiction. In the morning before I get to work, I like getting something healthy in my body, and with AG1, I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves. It's very important for me to get my day started off with something healthy, but with my schedule, it's hard to prepare healthy meals. AG1 is a very quick way to pack my body with all that I need to jumpstart my day in a very healthy way. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing every morning. Done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. It's pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase go to athleticgreens.com slash irish that's athleticgreens.com slash irish check it out i mean before we get obviously into the specifics over it brian and obviously the the impact of it is that not the most harry he stand thing of all time though to not want to be the center of attention and just get out during the super bowl like i was just like that is the timing i I don't think he had anything to do with that i don't think that was like a him but 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 yes it's a it's a very yeah i just don't think harry cared about uh, you know doing some kind of big farewell and and all that kind of stuff and so they had a they had a statement ready and dropped it when they did and that kind of stuff so i mean i mean it is what it is but i think it 
I mean, if you're going to say if there's any positive that comes out of it, I do think the timing was good for Notre Dame in two regards. One is the Super Bowl kind of drowned it out a little bit, right? And then the other one too, Ryan, is is, is a lot of these things that are happening are happening during a dead period, which yes. if it's going to happen during a dead period after signing day is the ideal way to kind of go about it. So I think um, I, I think that's obviously something that, I would much rather Harry Heastan still be here. And, and I'll be honest, Ryan, I don't – like, look, I, I know Coach Heastan's a legend, and he can do whatever – he's earned the right to do whatever he wants. And I, it just – it just it didn't quite sit great with me that this is kind of where he was. Like, you only came back for comp Tommy Reese and, right. you know, Joe Walt and Blake Fisher and Zeke Carell, those, those guys who – some of them you recruited to Notre Dame, like they're not enough to get you to stay for just a couple more years or another year or at least wait till a new O-line coach is hired. On the flip side, if you're looking at it from his standpoint, there's also the notion of let me do it now before you make an OC hire so that OC knows he can make whatever hire he needs to make for the O-line coach. So there's a lot of different ways, and my emotions on it have gone back and forth from frustrated and upset to understanding to – okay, maybe that makes sense. The timing does make a lot of sense before they hire an O-line coach or, you know, but at the end of the day, he's leaving and Notre Dame's going to have to find a new offensive line coach. I mean, that's kind of, yeah. that's basically what it came come down to, Ryan. I mean, I, I don't know, kind of what was your, what, as I, when I explained to you last night, kind of what went behind it and told you on Friday, I mean, you've had time to kind of let this digest. What are your, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? I, I mean, the initial thought is that, you just lost the great offensive line coach, right? I mean, that was my – honestly, the first time that you told me a few days ago that it was a, a big possibility, you know, a pretty large possibility that Coach Stan was leaving. I mean, honestly, man, it was just like one of those things where you're already in a bit of a transitional period on the offensive side of the football, right, well, for your offensive coordinator search. One thing that we had talked so much about is that, hey, whoever the next offensive coordinator coming in – is going to have a really good support system, right? You have the best offensive line coach in the business. You have a really great young wide receiver coach. You have a really good running back coach. You have a tight end coach who has experience as an offensive coordinator. So you have a really good just resource system or support system around you that's coming in. Obviously, the, the my initial thought is that stinks. You know, I mean, like how else are we going to phrase it, right? I mean, you're losing a really good coach who – I mean, we saw the transformation that he had during, you know, especially the middle to late section of the season this past year. You saw what he was able to take from talent that hadn't played quite up to its level over the last couple of years before that to a pretty dang good offensive line at the end of the season where you're like, you have a consensus All-American at left tackle. You have a really a, a future stud at right tackle that really showed throughout the season just how good he can be. And, you know, as he kind of continues to get more consistent with it. And then you have a starting center coming back on top of the young offensive lineman that they've been able to, you know, get over the last couple of years with the Billy Shrouse of the world and the five-man 2023 class that you have, you know, uh, Sam Pendleton in as a, early enrollee, but then you have four other guys that are coming very soon here in the in the summer who I think have a chance to be a really good class. So I was excited, obviously, about what this staff could achieve, the offensive line group, and specifically over the next couple of years with Harry Heastan. So, I mean, my initial thought is that, you know, obviously this is a this is a wait-and-see period now, right? Because I, I want people to understand this, right, for me. Harry Heastan's a great coach. He's a legend. You already said that, right? I don't have to sit here and tell you about all the great things he's done. 
But just because he's a great coach does not mean that there's not other great coaches out there, right? This, this doesn't necessarily mean that Notre Dame can't recover and get a great guy in the building and can't have a guy that just kind of continues to build that room and to really get the best out of it. So it's not necessarily a, this is a disaster. This is the end. This is, you know, the end of Notre Dame offensive line. You like, that's not necessarily what it means. It just means that you have to reset and figure out what the next step is, and you have to be confident with your process, obviously, here. Moving Nobody's forward. saying that it's like the end of Notre Dame football or exactly. it means they're going to have a sucky coach or anything like that. But, I mean, look, we have said Harry Heastan's one of the best in the business, and you and you can't say that, oh, when he leaves, it's ah, no big deal. You know, it it's not that either. There's a, there's a middle ground that needs to be found, and the reality is, is you don't know how big of a loss this is until they hire a new O-line coach. 100%. Because losing him in 2017 got a lot bigger when you replaced him with Jeff Quinn, right? I mean, it made it an even bigger loss because you were replacing with someone who wasn't, to me, qualified to do the job at a place like Notre Dame and to replace Harry Heastan. The other part of it, too, is, is and as I've said, I've, I've had a million different emotions on this. And this is, you know, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed in Coach Heastan. I really thought that that working with the kids was going to be enough to kind of keep him here and help with the the, the OC transition. I mean, you like you like at least right, Brian. That maybe it's you know even if it's only for one more year, you got a shot to go out with Joe Walt and Blake Fisher. Sure. You know what I mean? Like there's exactly. that layer too, and, and yeah. to coach the new kids that you have coming in for a year. And and so I mean that that kind of that frustrated me a little bit. Dis- not frustrated me, disappointed me in, in a little bit. It doesn't take away from my opinion of Coach Eastan because I know what he's done for his players over the years, and I would never accuse him of not caring about the players. But it just was kind of like I thought that that would be enough for him to stay. At the same time, the reality is, is so I know some folks are frustrated that he left after just one year. And my whole point is I would much rather him have left after one year than not have come back at all. Because I think the foundation that he laid this year and getting things back on track from a physicality standpoint, he did coach up the tackles to become what they were. He did get see Carell back on track. It may, has made it a much more attractive job today than yes. it was a year ago at this time. And that's important, right? And, and so, I mean, that's going to play a role in who takes the job as the offensive coordinator, who wants the job next as the offensive line coach. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there like, huh, I'd like to coach Joe Fisher and or Joe Walt, Blake Fisher. I'd 100%. like to coach Billy Shrout. <laughs> I'd like to coach Ty Chan. I'd like to coach Emil Wagner. I'd like to coach Charles Jagasaw. I'd like to coach Sam Pendleton and, Charles, and, and Sullivan Absher and Joe Wadding. And, and I mean, I could – go down the long list of guys that there's a lot of coaches want to list. And look, when, when Harry left in 2017, there's some big name guys up for the job. NFL guys, you know, uh, the guy who Chip Long wanted, Joe Gilbert ended up not getting a job, even though the players liked him a bunch. And he, so what does he do? He goes to Tampa Bay and, you know, wins the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. Right. And Bob Bostad interviewed for the job who at the time was a, was two years removed from coaching the NFL. He was, six years removed from coaching at Wisconsin and putting up some great offenses at Wisconsin. And, and obviously Justin Fry, who is now the offensive line coach at Ohio state. So it'll be an attractive job again, but at the end of the day, right. It, a lot of this is going to depend on, on the offensive coordinator hire. And I, and I think that's kind of part of this too, is, is there's going to be a lot of people bringing up names and, and we'll address some of the names in the mailbag. We're not going to spend a lot of time on the names because at the end of the day, the names mean nothing until you have a new offensive coordinator. And and we'll talk a little bit about, uh, more about that later, Ryan. But, you know, so what does this mean for Notre Dame? 
I think this puts a lot of pressure on Marcus Freeman to go out and make the right hires because you have got to, I'll say this, I'll just come out and say it, Ryan. This puts a lot more, I'm going to say pressure. Um, it makes landing Andy Ludwig that much more important. They have to get Andy Ludwig, in my opinion. Yeah. Because you you had a lot of coaches kind of look that that reached out to Marcus Freeman about the offensive coordinator job. It's known now that Andy Ludwig is the guy that they zeroed in on. So now some of those guys that reached out before are gonna be like, Well, I wasn't your number one choice, and I'm not I'm not doing that. So your your pool is gonna be a little smaller if if he doesn't get it. So I do think it puts a lot of pressure on you've got to get Andy Ludwig. The good news is is that that Harry leaving doesn't change anything for Andy Ludwig from from what he knew during the visit from everything that I'm I know. Again, I'm not saying that with 100% certainty, but I am confident in saying that Andy Ludwig left this campus knowing that Harry Heastan was going to be the offensive line coach. Now, maybe he views that as a good thing, maybe he views that as a negative. I don't know the answer to that. I do think what that means is Andy Ludwig has an opportunity to say I want to bring in an offensive line coach that I know and that I've worked with. It's not that he doesn't have respect for Harry Heastan. Everyone in the coaching world has respect for Harry Heastan, but there's still a I would rather like so Harry Heastan's thing is he didn't want to work with a new offense coordinator, whoever it was going to be. He didn't want to have to get to know somebody new, their style, how they wanted to do things. He has a way that he wants to do things. And he knew that Tommy Reese is going to let him do it the way he wanted to do it. Right. A new offensive coordinator that he doesn't know probably won't. So like if if Tommy Reese stayed. If Chip Long was hired as the offensive line, uh, offensive coordinator, I, I'm uh, 99.9999% certain Harry Heastan stays. He was he's an older guy. He's kind of in that retirement phase anyway. He came out of retirement to take this job. He was going to work with somebody new, or he wasn't going to come back at all. I mean, it's just the reality of it. I hope again. I just hoped that him getting back and getting with the kids and doing all that would have kept him to stay here and and work with the kids. He didn't want to do that. And as, as an offensive coordinator, yeah, I'd love to work with Harry Heastan. But if it's possible for me to bring in an O-line coach that I know that I've worked with before, then, you know, that that's an, that's obviously something that you want to hear as well. Or you you maybe want to do as well. So if in some regards, hey, it would have been great to work with Harry. But it will be nice to bring in somebody that knows my offense that can help me install it for everybody else. And there's no better foundation to install your 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 offense then with the quarterbacks and the offensive line. Andy Lovell was going to coach the quarterbacks, and now he has a chance to bring in somebody that's going to coach the offensive line. I know the names get thrown around. I don't think it's uh, – we shouldn't just assume that it's going to be Joe Harding, I, I, you know, who's the current offensive line coach. He's been there like, what, eight, nine years? Nine years, He, yeah. he may love it there. Now, he's a Toledo guy. He's from Maumee, Ohio. He played at Toledo. He coached at uh, Missouri under Gary Pinkle. He's a Midwestern guy, but he's been at Utah nine years. He may love it there. You know, he, he's been with two coordinators. I don't know the answer to that. But what I can tell you is we do know that Andy Ludwig is. So if, if someone's telling you they know who the next guy is going to be, they don't because the new offensive coordinator is going to make that decision. And and so since Andy Ludwig has not accepted the job yet, then you can't know that who the offensive line coach is going to be. Maybe it's Chris Watt. Maybe Chris Watt gets promoted. And I, and I think he was impacted in a big way from this too, and we'll discuss that next, the impact on Chris Watt. But the reality is, is Marcus Freeman now has to absolutely hit a home run with his offensive coordinator hire. Has yes. to. Because the talent will only attract other coaches so much. I'll, I'll say this. like I've talked with several coaches during this offseason about this job and the, and, 
And the, whenever you talk about like the OC, they always say, well, who's this guy going to be? Who's that guy going to be? Because other coaches know that I want to be surrounded by other good coaches. Yep. And so if you're able to bring in a veteran proven coach with a name and a reputation, and, and I've talked to several coaches uh, and this is kind of where the conversations came from was reaching out to people that I know in the coaching world who, Hey, what are your thoughts on Andy Ludwig? People that have met him speak the world of him. People who haven't met him speak the world of him because they're like, this guy is, he's a pro's pro, right? And he's, he's not a guy that's out there, you know, looking to parlay every next job into that head coaching job. He's a guy that just loves coaching kids, loves calling plays, loves teaching and doing all that kind of stuff. And he's moved around a lot and he's, he's had success everywhere he's gone. And he's a very well-respected name that would matter when you talk about trying to bring in one of the best offensive line coaches that you can find is having a veteran off proven offensive coordinator like Andy Ludwig. So he's got to finish Mark coach Freeman and in, in the Notre Dame in, cause it's not just Marcus Freeman, right? It's also Jack Swarbrick's got to make sure that they do whatever they have to do financially to get that, to get the money they would need. If that's an issue, they need to do whatever they need to do to make sure that Marcus Freeman is able to get all the coaches he needs. If I hear, that Notre Dame couldn't get a guy because they couldn't afford it. I'm going to be pissed off because they can afford it. They just may choose not to. Right. And as we've talked before, Ryan, you don't want to pay players. That's fine. You don't want to get into the NIL bidding war. That's fine. But you darn sure better make sure that the billions that you're raising every year is being invested into things that you, that you, that aren't ethical things against what you believe in which is making sure that you are putting the absolute best coaching staff that you can on the field. And there's no excuse not to hire the best because you can't afford it because now you're, now you're hurting the players. If you're willing to go cheap on, well, we can't afford to get this guy from so-and-so place. Okay. Well, so you, what you're saying is you'd rather pinch pennies than do what you need to do to spend money to do what's right by the kids that are currently on your team. No, that's BS. That's not the Notre Dame way, right? You don't do that in your facilities. You know, you're not constantly pinching pennies to make, you know, to, to, to have a bunch of mediocre buildings on campus, right? So you should be doing the same thing here. And I hope that Notre Dame does that. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at, Ryan, with this is they need to do whatever they need to do to make sure that this hire gets made. And, and you right. can't have money as an excuse because if Ludwig comes, that starts a domino effect of what comes next. And I think that would be very, very important. And I think two key points to kind of work off of, you know, a few things that you hit on, Brian, is I've talked a lot about the fact that whoever the next offensive coordinator is, he does have some great resources around him from a staff perspective, right? You have a really good offensive coaching staff already assembled around it. But I think the other way that you look at that, though, is that if I'm an offensive coordinator that's coming into an already established coaching staff offensively, it can be a little bit of an awkward situation at time, right? I didn't pick any of these guys. I'm coming into the situation where this staff was already assembled and I have to work into their ideologies, right? And to fit, make sure I fit with them. I think that the one it's, I'm not going to call it a blessing. I, I was going to call it a blessing in disguise. I guess I could still call it that, right? The fact that if Harry, that Harry, he not coming back, at least if it is a guy like Andy Ludwig, at least you can say, Hey, Andy, I know it's still, you know, they're still not all your guys technically, right? But you can bring in a guy with you to help with that comfort, to help with that transition. I think that does matter, right? I mean, it's you want an offensive coordinator, you want a coach in general to feel a level of comfort coming in, especially when he's coming into a new situation, one that he's never been in. He's never coached with Marcus Freeman. He's never coached with Chancey Stuckey. He's never coached with any of these guys. So having one of his guys that he knows at least has respect for 
I think does have a, a big help in that regard, right? And I also think that if you're able to get an Andy Ludwig, and I mean, we can't, we can't, I'm not going to make any, you know, this is fully transparency, right? Andy Ludwig has been my guy since day one, Brian. You know that, man. That's what, what, what do you also know? What, what do, do you also, also know? know? As far as, that, I think I know what, a lot of things. Well, he wasn't just your number one guy. I mean, oh, that's one guy. thing that you yeah. and I had, I mean, from yes. day one was like, dude, this he, is a guy. He, let's look into this guy. And this he guy was a consistent guy on both of our lists yeah. that we were both very high on. Yes, you're absolutely yeah. correct. And if Notre Dame's able to land an Andy, Andy Ludwig, that also makes this one about as attractive of an offensive line job as you will find in college football. Because not only do you have a young coaching staff that people rave about, you know, the Marcus Freeman and what he's assembled, you also have an offensive coordinator who has been there, done that, has averaged 36 and 38 points per game over the last two years at Utah with lesser talent than what Notre Dame has offensively. But also, you talked about the room earlier, right? You talked about Joe Walt, Blake Fisher. What offensive line coach would not want to coach in that situation? Under that great of an offensive coordinator with that much talent in the room, I mean, and you, like you said, yeah, it, it wish it would have been longer, but the fact that you got a year under Harry Heastan – he laid that groundwork, right? Yeah, the the fundamentals rebuilt, right? Absolutely. Like that's a that's a thing for me. Like, you know, they they uh, the 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 foundation got got a little rotted, got a little torn down, you know. Yeah. And Harry Heaston came out, tore all that stuff up, right? Laid a nice, clean, brand new foundation of of toughness, of fundamentals, and then brought in a really good recruiting class that, as you and I talked about, is nothing but five. Say what you want about that class. There's one thing that no one can debate. That is as physical of a five-man group as Notre Dame has brought in in a long time. Oh, yes. Right? And, and so those things are all true. And, you know, we talked, too, about, look, coaches, like, you think, well, our coaches familiar with what Notre Dame has? If a guy's at a Power 5 school, he knows what Notre Dame is bringing in. Because as we mentioned, like, when we talked about Andy Ludwig, Ludwig on Saturday with Vince and I, Ryan, we went, we went through all the guys that Utah had offered a scholarship to in the 2023 class. And it was like Jeremiah Love, Braylon James, yep. Rico Flores, Cooper Flanagan. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, he knows who's coming, right? He had offered Tyler Buckner in the past. He'd offered Jadarian Price in the past and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, like, yeah, the, 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 the talent, the talent is there. They know it, it, but, but it's not always just that easy, right? There's never one thing that causes coaches to come or go. Sometimes it's comfort. Sometimes it's, you know, I have a daughter who's a student here and, and sometimes it's like, you know, my daughter also understands that this is part of the business and, and, uh, or my son may feel that way, or there's always types of things where a coach may say, you know, I'm really comfortable and content where I'm at. And this is kind of where I want to retire or a remote coach may say, I've always wanted to retire here, but I also want to win a championship and I've got a chance to win a championship in Notre Dame. There's all types of reasons why coaches take jobs or turn them down. Notre Dame needs to make sure that that over the next 24 hours that they do whatever it takes to make sure that Andy Ludwig doesn't say anything but yes to this offer. Yes. I mean that's the reality of it. And then and then sort of you, you that foundation gets laid and then now it's going to be much easier to bring in whether it's Joe Harding or whether he's you know for all we know I mean it could be Joe Harding right that he likes but it could be somebody he worked with at another school or somebody that he's because as we've mentioned before in the past Ryan is you know, sometimes it's, hey, I've never worked with this guy, but man, I would love to. And if I ever get a chance to work with that guy, I'd love to work with that guy. I mean, there's there's that element to it as well. And and so we don't know we don't know what his thoughts are on that. We don't know what 
Andy Lugwood's philosophy is on that. I, I, I couldn't tell you. All I know is that whatever happens, he needs to make sure that they knock it out of the park. And I, you know, I can't say it enough, Ryan, that they just, they need to, they need to, they need to make that higher first. We'll talk about the yeah. offensive line stuff, you know, as far as the coaches and all that, if you guys want to do that. But I mean, it just put this, this decision puts so much more emphasis and pressure on it. And, and the reason why is because when you look at it, Ryan, it's one of those things where uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. If you hired a younger, less experienced offensive coordinator, let's say a guy coming up from the Mac. Sure. Hypothetically. You you're bringing him into a situation where he's working with one of the best offensive line coaches in the business. He's working with veteran running back coach. He's working with all types of other things. And you can say, Hey, look, you've, you feel better about bringing it. And we've made this case, Ryan, you feel better about bringing a guy in who maybe doesn't have that experience because you you have the experience around him, right? We made that case with Colin Klein where, yeah, you know, you bring him in, but you've got a very veteran. Well, that may not be the case now. And a veteran offensive line coach somewhere else may not want to come and work with a young unproven guy or something like that. So that, those are some of the reasons why we say it's just so important to make sure that that this hire is is right. They've got to make this hire right. And, and can I say, from a Notre Dame fan perspective, I completely understand some people's opinions right now. Of look, you have to replace your offensive coordinator. You also have to replace one of the best offensive line coaches that we have seen in recent time. Like some people, I think for right now, Brian, it, the sky is falling a little bit, right? And right. I totally get that, I hundred percent. But I will say this: if Notre Dame is able to and Andy land Andy Ludwig, I have zero doubt that they're going to land a really good offensive line coach because of all those things we talked about, all the things that they have to offer to an offensive line coach. It's going to be a very attractive job, whether it is Andy Ludwig's guy or they have to do more of a you know, a little bit of a larger search potentially, right? I think that you, if you would land the offensive coordinator to that high of a level and a higher, in my opinion, then the offensive line coach job is going to be a lot easier to make sure you got that guy as well. So yes, it might feel like the sky is falling for now, but as long as they get this thing right here in the new near future, which we expect, you know, things hopefully are trending in that direction, then you feel like, you're going to come out of this potentially. And again, Harry, he stands a big loss, but there's a potential. If you got Andy Ludwig and a really good offensive line coach, you potentially upgraded this offensive True. staff. I mean, that's, that's a reality that we're in. Right. It doesn't have to be the worst case scenario here is my point. And, and that's the unknown, Ryan, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's going to sting more when you don't know what's next. Like if, if, if Andy Ludwig would have accepted the job while on campus and it leaked out or whatever. And, and um, you say, yeah, okay. It sucks to lose Harry, but, Yes. I think what's hurt, what's stinging some people is the fact that I think some people don't view this as uh, there's so, there's still a lot of people that don't that feel like this is somehow going to affect Andy Ludwig in some capacity, meaning like it's new news. Sure. I'm not saying that that knowing Harry Heastan is going to leave doesn't impact him. What what I'm simply saying is it's not like he didn't know he wasn't beforehand. blindsided by it, right? right? Right, and I think that part's important. I think that blindside thing can be a little bit of a oh boy. Like that's that that can sting a little bit, right? 
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Well, yeah, I mean, because if you're if you're selling me as a you know as a potential part of your staff, right, and you're telling me all these great things you have, and Harry Heastan, he's a great resource, and then you're getting to listen to the decision making, uh, uh, your decision making process is ending, and then all of a sudden Andy, uh, all of a sudden Harry Heastan's gone. That's like, whoa, man, <laughs> that wasn't what you told me a couple of days right. ago. You know, like, why wasn't I more on the forefront of this decision right. being made? Because this didn't just this didn't just sneak up on Marcus Freeman. To your point, right, right Brian? This was something that they've been dealing about for with several days before that right. decision came out. Obviously, and that's my point. I want to make sure that people understand that this is not something that um, that they they weren't they didn't see coming. That that's my whole thing. They 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 knew this was coming. They they were prepared for this, and it doesn't mean that it it doesn't make it any easier to deal with. It just means that they were prepared for it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that people knew is this didn't catch anybody off guard. This had been kind of brewing for a little bit, so that was kind of the main reason I wanted to get that part out there was just to kind of make sure people understood that okay, this this is something that they saw coming, and and we'll go from there. So. Uh, I did want to make sure clear too. Uh, remind people again that jumped in late. Uh, we can talk about names if y'all want to talk about them. We'll do it in the mailbag. But the reality is, is I've been told very clearly by two very close sources today that the new OC is going to have a big role in who the new offensive line coach is, and and so we'll we'll have to find out kind of from from that who that is before we start diving too much into. Um, who the O-line coach is going to be. I don't have no problem bringing up names if y'all want to talk about them in the mailbag, but just we're not going to spend a lot of time on them in this part of it, right? So, it, it look, it's going to be an interesting few weeks, Ryan. I mean, once this one done, is is it would not shock me if there was more movement here over the offseason. That's just part of college football, right? I mean, coaches coaches come and go. And so uh, we're, we're, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how how it goes. But they, but I do think the thing is, Ryan, in some ways this is a good timing thing because a lot of this stuff with Tommy Reese and then Kerry Heastan happened during the, the dead period. You want to make sure you try to get these guys as rolling as quickly as you can before the dead period's over, which is no quickly approaching. So that's going to be a big part of this too, is making sure that you're that, that you have those pieces in place before. You don't want to take too long to get this right. thing rocking and rolling. I mean, because to your point, Brian, although they're in a dead period, I mean, like Andrew Sprague, who is the very talented offensive tackle out of Missouri, for instance, right? And someone said this on the board, and it's a fair point. It's like, that's a little bit of an odd, you know, like offer, right? Like Marcus Freeman extends the offer, obviously, but it's like, you don't have an offense coordinator, you don't have an offensive line coach right now, you know? Like, if I'm Andrew Sprague, I'm looking at him like, Notre Dame, that's fantastic, you know? But then you're like, but who's going to coach me, right, if I pick Notre Dame ultimately, right? I, I, so, just, thought, I just thought that was such a great – like Marcus Freeman thing to do. I I am completely reading into this, Ryan, yeah. like a thousand percent reading into this. Yeah. I have no evidence that this is true or not, but I kind of feel like that was Marcus Freeman's way of saying, this is fine. I'm here. 
The show because, must go on. Yeah. Yes, and we will rock and roll. And I thought it was it was you know maybe like you could get into the conspiracy stuff. Well, it was a guy that that some of the staff liked, or maybe Chad and Marcus liked, but Harry didn't like. That's why they didn't offer him, or maybe Tommy didn't like him, but Marcus did, or whatever the case may be. Who knows? I don't know about those things, but what I, I do feel like it was it was not a coincidence that the morning after Harry leaves, Marcus Freeman offers a kid a scholarship at offensive line. And it's kind of like, what have I always told y'all? I am the face of this team, right? Like Michael Campbell just said, I am the lead recruiter for these kids, right? Yep. Well, you know Harry Heastan doesn't like anybody else meddling in his business, right? Well, Marcus Freeman's going to say, okay, well, he's not here anymore. I'm not saying this in a negative way. I, I've been told Marcus Freeman has a great deal of respect for Harry Heastan in that regard but it's just more of we're fine you know what i mean and 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 he's a really talented kid yes i'm actually a tad surprised he hadn't been offered before to be honest with you because they've been out multiple times to see him before the dead period and everything too it was yeah yeah it was a little weird because he's a missouri he's a missouri kid midwest kid i mean all the midwestern powers are offered him already the michigans of the world the wisconsin's like it does seem like a Notre Dame type of offer. It does, yeah. which I mean, and he's a consensus four star for all you recruiting, you know, people out there, you know, the guys that love all the stars, you know, he's a consensus four star top one fifty by multiple platforms. Like really good. I mean, six, eight, 270 pounds. Like there's, there's a lot to like about Andrew Sprague. No doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. It was, a, it was an interesting, it was an interesting um, move, but I also one that I, I really liked. I thought it was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's not a coincidence that Marcus Freeman is throwing an offer out uh, to to offensive linemen the day after Harry leaves. It's not a coincidence at all. So Ryan, as we kind of kind of get into this, we, we've talked about what this means for Notre Dame. Obviously, it's a blow, right? But you, this is what happens with offense. If your program's really working, these things happen more often than not. If your program's really rolling, you're going to have coaches getting poached from your staff. Yep. You've got to be able to show the ability that you can go out there and replace them and keep this thing rolling and then take it to another level. And that's the task that's in front of Marcus Freeman. Look, the other part of this too, Ryan, is this is sort of the last previous I, – I will never call Harry Heastan a Brian Kelly guy, ever, <laughs> ever, because he's not. They weren't too fond of each other. I'll just leave it at that. But it is sort of you know the last – aspect of that previous uh, at least on the field of the previous era it's now all completely gone right with yes. with Tommy Reese and Harry Heastan leaving and at least in regard to the on-field product I mean this is this is going to be Marcus Freeman's thing as long as he's allowed to make the hire and as far as I know he's the one driving the bus on these hires and so to me you know look there's some off the field guys that have been around for a while that I wish they would leave and get other jobs I'm not gonna lie to you but okay, it is what it is. They're still around, but the on-field product matters more. And this is now going to have his fingerprints all over it. And so there's no more. We got asked a question a week ago. You know, if Notre Dame wins a championship over the next couple of years, how much credit does Brian Kelly have? Well, now it's a zero, you know, like yep. zero. I mean, you, your quarterback's probably going to be someone who who Brian Kelly didn't recruit. The entire coaching staff is new. Uh, it's going to be zero. But 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 also, if you don't win, you can't blame Brian Kelly either, right? 100%. I mean, not completely. There's some things he didn't do well enough, but you you needed to go out there and make sure that you brought in the coaches you needed to take that program to the next step. That's what he was hired to do. And learned a lot of lessons in year one, did Marcus Freeman. Now he's got a chance to kind of do this exactly how he wants it. 
And and here's what I can promise you next year. You won't have an offensive line coach who has people floating you know, things to other folks about how, well, you know, Marcus Freeman doesn't have this job if it's not for so-and-so. And he has full autonomy, can do whatever he wants and hire whoever he wants, you know, that kind of stuff, which just kind of drove me nuts, to be completely honest with you. And I understand why those people were releasing that. It was to build up a, a certain reputation, but at the same time, it was unnecessary and detrimental in some regards. It, it created sort of a, okay, what is the real power structure here? That's not an issue anymore. And and so in some ways, I think those things are positives. And, and I'm not saying Tom Reese was the one doing that because he wasn't. I'm just saying there was there was elements within the program that wanted to fl- to put that to push that narrative out to the media, and it was not for the betterment of the entire program. I'll just leave it at that. Sure. So, um, yeah, it's, that's kind of, that's kind of where we are right now. So Marcus Freeman now has to hire a new offensive line coach as well as a new offensive coordinator. And so I do expect something to happen in the next 24 to 48 hours with the offensive coordinator situation, meaning we're going to hear one or two, two things for the next 24 to 48 hours, either a Andy Lowe was taking the job or B someone else is coming in. Now, if we go three, four, five days and we hear nothing, meaning nothing about Ludwig or nothing about a new coach coming in, that means Notre Dame doesn't want it out there that he's coming, most likely. And he's got to go through, you know, background checks and all that other nonsense that Notre Dame does. So that actually would be a little a little bit of a positive, right? So I do expect us to hear something one way or the other, meaning and it's going to be, like I said, it's either Ludwig took the job or B, so-and-so is coming into interview on Wednesday. That's going to tell us something, too. And I don't, that's not happening right now. I don't know if anyone's slated to come in at this point in time, but that could change like that. So we'll get to it. And then of course, we'll that that's when we'll really heat up on the offensive line stuff is when that'll really heat up and people trying to start crap in the chat about you're trying to read hints, just stop. All right. Just chill. Okay. Cause some people are going to actually think you're serious. I hope you're not serious, but some people are going to take your serious. So just, just don't be that guy, please. So Ryan, we're that's that's the lastly offensive line coach, and then we've also kind of given the latest on the offensive coordinator hire. I think that's an interesting aspect of this too, is how these two things kind of are going to happen hand in hand now. Which a week a week ago today, I had no idea that would be the case. Right, I back in my mind, it was a fear when Tommy Reese left. Okay, this Harry Stan came back, but you kind of the longer it went and you didn't hear anything, the better you felt. And then on Friday when you heard that, you're like, man. Offense is going to have a complete new identity, man. I mean, when you think about it, right, Brian? Like you think about offensive coordinator obviously has his imprints, his offense, how he wants to structurally do things, right? But also the offensive line is kind of how Notre Dame has been thought of over the years, right? Offensive line, you. It's one thing that you can always kind of depend on for the better part of the last 20 years was that Notre Dame was going to have a really good offensive line product for the most part, right? So the offensive identity – is about to be completely unique, and that could be yes. great. That could be a tough transition, but I, I think that if Notre Dame makes the right hires, and I think that that's one thing that we've heard consistently, not even from you know just general sources, but also the recruits that I've talked to about you know a couple of the, the you know the transitions that they're having for the coaching staff. People trust what Marcus Freeman is building here. You know there is a deep trust, I believe, especially for the newer recruits. That are True. coming on, right? They believe. Well, you've it. heard that from talking to the offensive line recruits since yes. Harry announces. What's what do you hear from all of them when you talk to them? I trust Coach Freeman. I trust Coach yes. Freeman. I trust Coach Freeman. 
Yep. But and, and Ryan, that was, that's what, go ahead. I was just going to say, and that was consistent with the Tommy Reese news, obviously, that broke out. With the then there, that's more of the you know just general offensive recruits, right? But I mean, to your point, you but talk you saw to some of the offensive car said that to on yes. three the other day, right? He yep. said to Chad Simmons, like, look, I, I'm, yeah, I was close with Coach Reese, and he didn't say anything negative about Coach Reese at all. This wasn't a shot of Coach Reese. It was just like, but I believe what Coach Freeman is building, and it's more about Notre Dame than it is about one particular coach. And if you are going to say it's about one coach, it's not. Harry Heastan, it's not Tommy Reese, it's not Al Washington, it's not even Mike Mickens, it's Marcus Freeman, right? Yes. Now, here's the thing, though, Ryan, and here's the interesting aspect of it. He's now got to go out and prove the reasons why you have that faith in him. And I think that's also why these hires are important. If you see regression from what your coaching staff was from one year to the next, that's a, that's a bad sign. Now, it's not a end-all, be-all because he's just going into his second year, he's got to prove some things on the field to the coaching world as well. But it would be a bad sign. And so he's got to say, hey, look, I don't want to hear all this stuff about this, that, and the other thing, right? We're going to be fine. We're Notre Dame. I got this, right? And there's a reason you need to have that faith in me. And yep. if he can do that, then that'll continue. But it is it is show-me mode. He's getting the benefit of the doubt right now, Ryan, for sure, from people. But now he's got to, he's got to show why that, benefit of the doubt is being given well well trust is built on actions not on words right i mean there's a reason that when you married your significant other you made a vow to them about all the things that you would do for them right but at the end of the day you need to back that up right like they don't they only care about what the initial conversation is from there it's about okay well you promised me this you told me this was this way show me show me season right and that's i, I think that's kind of what we've seen uttered you know, the thing that Chad Simmons posted about CJ Carr, it was very consistent with what we had post, you know, right after Tommy Reese had left. Right. Like, we're almost word for word is that as long as they make the good hire, CJ trusts Marcus Freeman to make the best decisions for this program, right? He trusts him to get the guy in the building that can help them win a national championship. That trust is there. Talk to an offensive lineman in the 2023 class, to his parent more specifically, that said the exact same thing. It stunk that you heard the news about Harry Heaston, but at the end of the day, they trust Marcus Freeman 100% to do what's best for this program to get to all the goals that they have established together, right? So, yeah, you're 100% on point that the trust is there, but in order to keep the trust, actions need to follow the words, and I think that's the next step, obviously, for Marcus Freeman. So, Ryan, uh, I think a couple other things real quick. Obviously, re relating to coaching news, uh, Notre Dame did make a hire this weekend that I thought it, it did not get a ton of attention and discussion. Super Bowl's coming up, and it, we, it broke on a Saturday. Then the Heastan stuff comes open, and that is that Max Bulla is going to be the linebacker. He's, he's going to be a GA in Notre Dame. He was at Alabama the last three years. But he's now going to be the defensive GA, and the reality is he's being brought in to coach the linebackers. I mean – so just so people understand, talking to sources, like, yes, it's a GA because that's how we have to make the staff work, right? Is Fortunately, this, this is a guy that can still be a GA for a couple more years. But the reality is he's being brought in to coach linebackers like James Laronitis did. The difference is, is he has more experience. He obviously was the defensive GA at Alabama the last three years, which means he had an on-field role. He was going to transition to an analyst this offseason because – he could. You can only be a GA at one school for three years. You can't be a GA at a school longer than three years. You can be a GA longer than three years, but not at one school. 
and I think it says a lot that Nick Saban wanted to keep him on after three years as a GA, as an analyst. And analysts in Alabama go on to get full-time jobs and coordinator positions and sometimes even head coaching jobs. And and so, you know, I, I think that 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 was a big move that's not being discussed. He's a Midwestern guy. And, and unlike James Laronitis, who you and I had high hopes for, he's actually coached. Yes. So he not only coached uh, the last three years at um, – for you know at Alabama as a GA but he also spent a year in 2019 at Cincinnati as I believe a graduate assistant coach well who was the defensive coordinator in 2019 at Cincinnati was Marcus Freeman so Marcus Freeman's very well aware of what Max Buller brings to the table now he's got three years under Saban's wing on defense so this is a big hire that a lot of people aren't talking about Ryan and and it's a really smart hire because you want to bring in a defensive coordinator, and to a degree, you want to hopefully be in a position where that defensive coordinator can just kind of run the defense. But it's hard to do because of the staff limitation numbers. Well, you bring in a guy like Max Bulla, and, and you're, he's comfortable being a GA for a few years, a couple years maybe. Now, all of a sudden, you just added a, a, an extra full-time coach in that route, and that's big for Notre Dame. And so there's a lot of people I talked to this weekend that are very fired up about them being able to make that make that move and bring him in. So he's essentially going to be your linebackers coach. So we're going to start hearing his name with recruits. And I've already I've already heard it. I've had people from Michigan area and, and you know like, oh, my gosh, like this kid's a legend. This whole family's a legend in the state of Michigan. Right. This is from yeah. the Bulla family. The, the other brother played there. I think the Riley. dad played there. The yeah. grandpa played there like. This is Michigan State royalty, Michigan royalty, Michigan football royalty, and and this is obviously a, a, a positive for Notre Dame in a lot of ways. So it was good to make that move happen quickly, uh, and 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 you know you, it's a it's not a traditional GA. This is a guy that was an all a, a three time All Big Ten player, twice first team, and then as a sophomore he was second team. He was I think a third team All American. He played three years with the Texans. So th- this is a. This is a guy that knows how – I mean, and he was never the most athletic guy, Ryan. He did it because he was incredibly smart. Yes. Right, right. 100%. And so, I, you know, I, I can see you have something to say about this, Ryan. I just think this is a this is a much bigger move than what maybe some people think that it is from a coaching standpoint. I'm, I mean, honestly, when I heard Max Bola's name, I got, like, the flashbacks of the better times at Michigan State football, you know? Like, he yeah. was – I'm pretty sure his last year they went, like, 12-1, and one, didn't they? Where they were really good his final year, if I remember correctly. And – his junior year, I think he had a hundred something tackles, double digit yeah, tackles. His, for his last year was 2013, yeah, which was the year they went 13 and one, and their only loss was to Notre Dame. Yes, so yeah. and I mean, it, he was a tremendous player at Michigan State. Which, look, James Laurinaitis was a great name, right? I mean, we talked about him as far as his All American status at Ohio State. We talked about the years under St. Louis Rams as their all-time leading tackler. He played one year with New Orleans in kind of an injury-riddled year. But he had the college background. He had the NFL background. Max Bulla has that too, although it might not be as decorated on the NFL level. He wasn't as talented as James Arnitis, but the experience is there, yes. But he's got the NFL background. He's got the college football background. And more importantly, to your point, he's got the coaching background, which matters, right? Like he's been around guys like – Henry Toa Toa over the last couple of years, Christian Harris. Like they've, you know, Alabama's had some names at, at linebacker, right? And definitely more production at linebacker than what Notre Dame has had over the last couple of years. So I think that from every vantage point, it brings a good vibe to me because he's also a Midwest guy, right? I mean, you're going to hear Max Bull's name because him and his brother Riley were fantastic players from Michigan State. 
And I think that they're going to be very in touch with the Midwest, right? And be able to attract a lot of players, not only just regionally, but also we talked about the Peyton Pierce implications to James Laurinaitis losing him. Well, hopefully Max Bola can kind of just get right back in that one and attract, you know, a guy like a Peyton Pierce continuing that momentum, hopefully kind of moving forward here. So I thought that it was a slam dunk opportunity for me, man, because I just look at every vantage point. I'm like, what exactly does he not bring to the table as a GA that you wouldn't find attractive, right? Like he's played in the NFL. He's been a really good player in college football. He's been an an assistant and actually in a coaching role longer than no years (laughs) that James Laurinaitis was in coming into last season, right? So I I really did like the Max Bola addition to the staff. I think that he is going to, and again, I, I look forward to digging in more of his coaching philosophy and all those great things. But from the outside perspective, he seems to check all the boxes that you would sure. want, especially in a GA. I mean, especially. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.